You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Good afternoon. Greg Hectus. Hey, guys. Tony Gross. Evening, gentlemen. Will Gibson. Hey, how's it going, guys? And special guest, Blake Reynolds. Evening, guys. All right. Today's special guest brought to you by Sim Lab Racing Simulator Products. Sim Lab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim-lab.eu or search them on Facebook or Twitter. And uh, David, they shipped yours, right? So it's coming. No, they have not shipped it. They haven't shipped it. No, I'm, I, I guess they're slammed. It's a get, it's frustrating because we're about fi- almost 15 days late now. But uh, I get, you know, it's better than the four month uh, back order that happened with Fanatech. So I'll take it, I guess. Okay, it is what it is. All right, well, let's talk to Blake Reynolds. Uh, Blake, thanks for coming tonight and um, uh, onto the show. Let's learn a, a little bit about you. Uh, let's talk about your beginning in iRacing. When did you first hear the word iRacing? Uh, how, did, how did you hear about it? Uh, you know, it was just on YouTube, man. Uh, I, I played a bunch of the NASCAR, uh, uh, what were those, th- by Eutechnics, those, those ones that weren't as good as the EA games. But I was looking up, like, wreck avoidance videos on there in, like, 2009, 2010. And I'd see these Daytona finishes that just looked amazing compared to what was on console and found out that game was called iRacing. Well, there you go. And so you signed up, and uh, and you've been with uh, iRacing, looks like, six years now. Mm-hmm. 2013. All right. And I was just looking at your stats page. We usually look at what's your winning percentage in oval overall in your career. 16%, pretty good. Uh, but you also got high numbers on road, dirt oval, and dirt road as well, all above 16. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive there. Uh, Tell us, what are you racing? Now, we know you're in the Peak Series, but what else are you running besides that on a regular basis? Uh, primarily outside of the Peak stuff, you know, I, I dabble in most of the public stuff, like A-Open, A-Fixed, uh, NIS, obviously. Um, but I am uh, part of the admin committee on the Major Series, which is a league on the iRacing Esports Network. Um, and I, I've run there since, like, 2015, but uh, I think that league has helped me a lot in growing my skill not only on oval but on road too so i run that primarily and just recently i started running uh with the iRacing fantasy cup series all right well you're keeping busy that's for sure uh let's talk about your hardware setup too uh what do you have for like wheels pedals and uh you know computer and monitors or is it vr uh, i just run triples uh it's just your basic asus uh 1080p monitor on a on a back of the desk bracket then i have a fanatic csl elite ps4 base uh, v3 pedals i have the stock rim that comes with it which is the csl elite rim and then uh you know last black friday that formula v2 rim came out with fanatic and i i just couldn't wait i had to grab that so i got that gold one uh, not like the red one that's on the website now uh then i also have the th8a shifter which i'm i prefer way more than the fanatic one uh I guess that's it. All right. What about software, third-party software besides TeamSpeak? Or... Uh, TeamSpeak Discord, 
Um, unless I'm doing, you know, testing, I use Motec there, but nothing other than that. All right. Keep it simple. All right. What's your uh, favorite number, your preferred car number, and why? Uh, 66, and it's kind of nerdy. I love Star Wars, and uh, the number 66 in Star Wars, if you watch the prequels, is is kind of is kind of you know a dark thing. So where like the Jedi get all killed when the Emperor oh. says execute Order 66. So uh, you know I I was like 10 when Revenge of the Sith came out and that whole thing came out. So I don't know why that that went on me. So like uh, when I played my like EA NASCAR games and stuff on console. I always ran the number 66 and I make like a Star Wars car. But other than that, I'd run like a Jeff Gordon car or something like that. Jeff Gordon was my favorite back in the day. Yeah, when I see when I hear the number 66, I, for some reason I'm thinking Todd Bodine. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, that that shows how old I am. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about what is your most memorable moment in iRacing so far. I'd say it's kind of a tie. Uh, winning the Pro Series after the terrible 2018 peak year I had was a real high for me, uh, especially since you know I hadn't raced the B car in forever, and it was the first Pro Series with the the Xfinity car, so uh, that was a real high for me. And then the Major Series Championship, you know, as an oval racer to go against that talent of road guys, where it was a mostly road schedule, uh, and then in a championship that's endorsed by Mario Andretti uh, to win that and get the trophy. Uh, of of Mario Andretti was so cool. That is pretty neat. So let's talk about 2018 a little bit and how that went down. I mean, uh, you were in the peak, but you didn't advance because you were outside the top 20, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to race back in. Now, did you have to race the truck series, or did you get just have to do the Xfinity? Uh, no, they just took the bottom 20 on a peak and put them into the winter pro series with the Xfinity car. With the Xfinity, right. Yeah. Okay, so you ran in that, and then you won that one, right? Mm-hmm, yep. All right. So that's a pretty big win to to, to come away with that one. And then uh, does that give you any momentum, or does that help anything uh, going into the 2019 peak series? Or I think it did, because before that pro series, I felt like I was actually getting worse at the game. Like, the only thing that was going for me was winning that majors championship at the end of the year and like i was focusing more on that than peak just because of you know i was running so bad i was like uh you know our team like we had four drivers or something and the best we were running of any of us was maybe 15th and then you know i'd get wrecked on like lap five and just have to run around with my modified car so that kind of sucked but uh yeah i i would agree it definitely gave me a lot of momentum well, I was also thinking that the Xfinity car is a much like the 2019 Cup car, uh, kind of the way the new package is. Tell us about the new package. Is it playing in your favor? I mean, if we look at the points and your finishes, it kind of looks like it is. Uh, typically, I'm I'm not like that. I, I like my long run, and I like my off-throttle time. See, I'm a little weird. I, I'm a right-foot breaker on Oval. There's very few that do it. And I uh, it, it rewards a lot of off-throttle time. So any track that allows that and any combo that allows that, I'm usually pretty good at. Um, so typically, I didn't think I would like this, but uh, I got a new uh, a new crew behind me this year, I guess. People that are helping me with the setups and stuff, that, uh, and we really have it figured out. All right, very good. Um, so let's talk about the, the teams. Uh, first, Dylan Esports, the uh, marketing team, so to speak. 
tell us about how that came about. I mean, Ty Dillon, I mean, excuse me, Austin Dillon got involved uh, as an owner in this thing, but he did late. He wasn't part of the original, uh, you know, uh, draft that they did. Uh, so, so how come you, and how did, how come he landed on you? Um, well, I didn't really know because like, it was, I think it was the fourth race at Texas. I got picked up literally like three hours before the race. I got told that my number changed and I had a new paint scheme. I was like, Oh, I was on team Dylan esports. So that was pretty cool. Um, that later that week, they invited me to go to the, the Texas motor speedway race. So I went up there with them, and we talked for a while. And uh, they they seemed surprised that nobody had picked up the Pro Series champion. That's what Austin Dillon told me. Right. And uh, then, you know, obviously more than half of the field was picked already, but I, I guess they felt that I was the, the best of the people that weren't picked up yet. And then my teammate Ben got picked up too because he had a pretty, uh, pretty solid Pro Series. Absolutely. Uh, I, I thought it was a great choice uh, that Austin made uh, when he decided to enter the sport. Um, tell us, I mean, who, how are you interacting with them? Is it Austin himself or do you have a, another point of contact and uh, what what are they doing? I mean, you, you've got to go to the race and I mean, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, yeah, Austin's pretty involved in it, but mainly I communicate with the, the president. It's a team deal in management. It's a sports management or yeah, that's a term. Sports management uh, company. So, you know, they bring the partners to the drivers, the partners to the team, stuff like that. So it's a really cool uh, team just because, you know, there's a lot of partners. I can have any sponsor, like, ever. Uh, and Beneath is a really cool sponsor, too. And I'm sure we'll get to that later. But, uh, yeah, it was really cool just kind of build a relationship with the guys behind the scenes there. Right. Yeah, and... Uh... It's kind of neat how they're they're using the the Peak Series to kind of blend it with their marketing needs uh, that they have with their partners, and it, it's kind of a, a neat situation. Um, tell us about the team behind the real team behind the scenes, so to speak, uh, Dead Zone, and uh, what's going on there. Uh, how is that helping uh, your results this year? I mean, right now you're P three in points. Oh uh, yeah, we we have a lot of people. So I think what helps with us is that we're able to test in big group packs. We have eight drivers in peak, and that's uh, Kane Cook, Malik Ray, Michael Guess, Michael Gorilla, uh, Ryan Lowe, Adam Benefiel, and Nathan Lyon and me. So a bunch of, pe- bunch of people. Uh, we have two set of builders in Dustin Lingert, Houston Hammer. Uh, and Dustin's our new guy that really has helped our team get really fast. And I think with me, just, you know, like I, we were talking earlier with the Pro Series momentum, I came in with a lot of confidence to the series, and uh, especially at Richmond. It's my favorite track. I went into Richmond, and I got second, racing a Keegan and Lusa. I'd never done that before, so uh, that was really exciting for me. And, uh, you know, the weeks following, just either it was luck or we just executed really good. We were just knocking off top fives, top tens. Well, absolutely. I was looking at your results before the show for the peak and uh, just going backwards through the weeks. And and what I was telling the guys is you're top 10 in them to death. You're, I mean, top 10, top 10. You're always in the top 10 pretty much as I went through the results uh, going backwards. And a lot of top uh, three, uh, second plate, you had a few seconds and a third. And, and uh, so you're doing really good. And so that's landed you third in the points. 
what do you think? I mean, are you solidly into the chase? And what do you think about, you know, are you are you going to be able to contend? Oh, well, it is a solid gap. And I'm really like, I love to get a win, but I know I have to focus on the playoffs. I feel like when I get to the playoffs, because I have a couple tracks in there that I feel like I can really nail and maybe get a really good points day to where I don't like if I have a bad day, it wouldn't help or hurt me that much. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I, God, I'm stumbling on my words here. Uh, just kind of focusing on the playoffs basically. Right. Right. Cause it, yeah, it looks like you're solidly in, uh, and then, you know, what's going to happen there, but, uh, yeah, good luck. I mean, uh, it's, it's been neat seeing you run up front and, uh, be in the mix there in in a lot of situations. Um, now tell us, you know, how do how do people follow you? Are you uh, streaming at all, or do you uh, are you on the Twitter, the Facebook, or what? Uh, I'm on Twitter pretty actively. Uh, it's b reynolds underscore sixty six there. Uh, mm-hmm. I do have a Twitch. I haven't streamed since the Pro Series. I did a couple races there. Uh, the Team Dylan guys want me to stream, but uh, I got to figure out the internet situation there. It's not too great, but uh, my Twitch is Blake Reynolds sixty six there. Uh, I guess that's uh, that's it. All right, very good. And one more question about you. You said there were a couple tracks coming up, you know, that you thought you might have a good result. Which ones are those? Uh, I mean, we're about we're a little past halfway, right? Uh, yeah, I think we just got past halfway. Race ten was the last one. Uh, Kentucky is our next race. I love Kentucky. Uh, in the past, with even, like any package we have with the Cup cars. At Kentucky, I just I love bumpy tracks, and the fact that that's a fast bumpy track uh, just makes it even more fun. So, uh, Kentucky's a really good track for me. Hopefully, we nail the setup and I get a good run there and peak. But uh, um, later in the season, Indy, I really love Indy too. I like how patient you have to be, like uh, in the Indy 500. I love the Indy 500. I love Indy cars. Uh, something about that just made me love it in the stock cars as well in the Brickyard 400. So I really like that track. And then Homestead. Uh, in the Pro Series, I went from 35th to 1st in 45 laps in the Pro Series in that last race. So I love Homestead. Well, I guess so. I mean, that sounds like a good run. All right. Well, uh, yeah, good run this year. I mean, you're you're right where you need to be. You know, I uh, there's there's so many drivers on the outside looking in. Like, I, I think about our buddy Ray Athala. He would just give up his left arm to trade spots with you right now, I'm sure. But I, one more question about that is, is it really the set or is it the driver? Is it a luck? Is it some kind of c- combination of those things? I mean, we look at what's happened with Ray and he's had a bad, a lot of bad luck, but he's also saying he doesn't have the car either. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard Ray say that. Really, like you said, it's a combination. Uh, Dustin Lingert coming on really helped our program as far as race trim, long run stuff. And most of our races have been long runs, or at least has one. And that really helps us gain track position. Uh, so I think just the combination of, you know, my confidence, uh, Dustin's setups, and then, you know, just preparing really well is what's helping us execute in the race. All right. Well, very good. Well, we're happy to have you. Let's start uh, by talking about news next. We'll start with the peak race at Chicagoland. Uh, so... First, Bobby Zielinski got on the pole. Uh, Keegan Leahy ends up coming home with the victory and the point lead. Uh, Corey Vincent uh, second. 
There was a multi-car wreck early on with uh, Clampett, Duvall, uh, stays out on tires. Uh, Blake, uh, you got it. Uh, come, come home third in points there. Uh, and then we have the Kentucky coming up. And, uh, you know, you, you said you, you're looking forward to the Kentucky, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about your race here at, at Chicagoland. Um, for example, were you guys going to the apron every time, uh, on, you know, on the front stretch? Uh, did you just do that for the first part of the run or what? Uh, we did it for the whole run. Most of the field was doing it. Um, yeah. If you're going to run the outside going into turn one, most people would just run the white line. But uh, for me, you know, I'm not very good at qualifying. If you look at my average start and peak, I'm pretty sure it's like 25th or like something way back there. Uh, so after that first caution, we were mired back. And then I was just waiting for our car to come on the long run. And it really didn't happen. That kind of worried me. So we made adjustments in that first stop, and I was up to like 25th, I think. And we jumped up to like 18th, and me and my teammate Malik uh, on dead zone. That is not Team Dylan. Uh, yeah, me and Malik were just kind of riding together. And, you know, we'd pit, make the same adjustments, come out, you're the same pace. So we ended up short pitting on that last stop, and it jumped us a bunch of positions. We got, we went from like, uh, 16th, 17th, all the way up to 8th and 9th. There you and go. That's where we ended up finishing. All right. And one more question here. I mean, I ran Chicago earlier today in the NIS uh, Open, and it, it's wide open, you know, for several laps, like 19, 20 laps before you start having to lift a little bit in the corners. So when you are, you know, have that king setup, what makes it a king setup? Because... Uh, it, you know, it feels like if the cars you're holding it flat the whole time, I mean, are you looking for handling so you can extend that uh, tire, that time you're holding it down for 19 laps into like 25? Or what is it that you're, you're really uh, working on? Is it handling after the, you're starting to lift in the corners? I think mainly what it is, because I, I, I don't think I'm ever really, you know, full throttle most of the time or I'm looking for more throttle time. I think what it is is just trying to have the most speed, the most turn while not spinning out. Yeah. Uh, just because the arrow on the pack is just really weird, and when you get up behind a car, uh, and then also having a good car and traffic—that's another thing too. And obviously, me and Malik made a lot of passes coming up through the field there. Um, so yeah, we had we always look for the handling while not overdoing it too much. Right. Well, you know, Keegan Lee, he is on fire uh, right now, and uh, he's hitting on all cylinders and uh, and running really well, and he, he kind of showed them uh, during that race. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's keep moving. Uh, next, tell, uh, Will, tell us about the World of Outlaws opener at Volusia. Yeah, so the World of Outlaw Late Model Series started up this week on Monday night. Um, I unfortunately did not get to watch the race, but a couple of notes here. Hayden Cardwell uh, picked up the... The pole won his heat and led, uh, it sounds like, the whole 50-lap feature. Um, looks like he won by over more than two seconds. There was a total of 35 drivers, uh, 17 carried over from last season. We had nine drivers from other world championships and a total of nine rookies. Um, looks like Alex Bergeron came out P9 in points. Uh, last year's championship champion is Heck Leonardi. Um, is fourth in points currently, so it's not uh, the same guys we're used to seeing up front. So... Looks like a fresh new start for the new season. It should be a good championship. 
Yeah, it's good to see some new names in the mix. Uh, Hayden Cardwell, I watched the, uh, not the whole race, but the recap one. And uh, yeah, he was up front and just pulling away. And they and everyone else was mixed. It was, the battle was really for second with everybody else. And he was uh, in front of all that. And so very impressive for Hayden Cardwell. Yeah, they, from what I could see, there was some good, hard racing, very respectful. But once you start mixing it up side by side and throwing sliders like those guys were, second, third, fourth, uh, he was able to just kind of check out and say goodbye. It's all about track position, I tell you what. All right, uh, David, tell us about the E-NASCAR e Ignite Series. Well, they kicked off last week at South Boston with Anthony Trippiano breaking through with two out of three starts as wins. And he has the lead in the class with 125 points. All right. Or his overall, I'm sorry, his overall point lead is now 249. And next week, they will be going, I guess they didn't actually open up. I'm sorry, I misread that. Uh, next week, they are going to Southern National. Southern National? I'm not familiar with that one. Short track, they're there right now, actually. They ran three of them, or two of them already. There's one more to go. Okay. All right, well, go get them, Andy Trupiano. Uh, next up, Tony, Glitches and Glamour. Yeah, well, uh, another week and uh, another glitch. This time it looks like it's in the GT3 uh, Ferrari, the the fixed car, and uh, it's it's missing a few wheels. Um, no wheels. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's just two. Sometimes it's all four. Um, staff member Nick Lee, he uh, he jumped in the car to to see what was up after he saw the post on the forums, and um, he was able to confirm it. So I imagine this is going to get fixed up pretty darn quick. Got a lot of damage, even though it's missing wheels. He's, uh, the picture that they show, the car is on the track. It looks like it's going around the track, but there is no wheels on it. Pretty crazy. Surprised they made tech with those right heights. And then uh, there was a thing with the Charlotte pit stalls, too, where the uh, pit boxes and pit crew were buried in the cement about two, three feet. We've seen that happen before with Mason. He... Uh... Had, had that video he posted a few weeks ago, and it actually caused him to glitch out and wouldn't let him out of the pits. He had one in the ground, one up in the air, and when he pulled out, his tire was actually sitting on his hood. The mafia got to him, burying him in the cement. <laughs> so they're working on that, and uh, but some of this stuff was fixed. Uh, let's talk about that next. The 2019 Season 3 Patch 1 was released earlier today. Uh, so let's go through those notes. Beta UI, uh, there was a thing where it would come up in the middle of your race and block the screen where you couldn't race. They fixed that. Uh, they fixed some of the paint shop stuff. Uh, hosted, the price of a user-created race is now calculated as following, 50 cents per hour with a cumulative 5 cent per hour discount applying every four hours. So I don't know what it was before, but that sounds like it's cheaper. Uh, never, for, I don't know if we've ever hosted a session longer than two or three hours, so we've never really seen it. I'm wondering if that's incentivizing people to make more endurance race maybe stuff. I don't know. Pretty good deal, 50 cents for an hour. Well, it's a volume discount in, in, in any time that, that, that encourages people to buy more volume because they can get a little bit better deal. If I'm not mistaken, the old system, you had to buy X amount of hours, and then you would get credited back. I believe towards the end of the month. So I think this just does it all in one shot. Uh, 
So they did something to the dirt dynamic track. Uh, they adjusted the uh, effectiveness. There was a green-white checker problem uh, where if the white flag was actually flying, then the green-white checker wouldn't hap would still happen or not happen. I don't know exactly uh, exactly the situation there, but they did fix that. Um, it happened in somebody's race. Uh, it was like what they called a perfectly timed yellow. Uh, they got a, a crash and a yellow right as the white flag was coming, I think, and it threw off the green-white checker and it didn't work right. Uh, HDR and gamma setting updates. Uh, particle and spark behavior was updated. Uh, they updated the Fanatec API integration, which fixes shift light issues on rims. Mason was talking about this earlier. He was actually a little bit disappointed in that they added brackets to his... Uh whichever rim he has that when it's in fourth gear, it has brackets around it and he thinks it clutters it up. So I read about that. The brackets indicate that that is when you should shift. Yeah, that's the Fanatic's way of doing stuff on the dash. If it doesn't have lights, they can do it with the numbers too. Yeah, so there is a rhyme or reason to it, I think. Yeah. Uh, Will, tell us about the cars. Yeah, so there's a couple updates. Um, dirt spring cars will no longer appear under the track, so replace should look a lot cleaner. Um, they made some aero tire and rear shock adjustments to the non-wing sprint cars. Uh, just before the Pro Series, there's a lot of discussion about how it just wasn't right. Um, so I think this kind of goes in line a little bit with what they did to the 360s, so those should run a little bit better. Um, off-road Lucas Oil off-road trucks. Um, they adjusted some gearing, so if you already have a setup, you might want to go back and check on that. Um, we will have a link in our show notes describing what you need to change to kind of get it back to where it was. Um, they also added a road course setup, which would have been good to have for our fun race a few weeks ago. Oh, um, oh yeah. So now we got a road course setup as well. Um, the, a couple track changes. We have some uh, camera flashes at a few more tracks now. Looks like Le Mans is one of the bigger ones. A lot of the smaller short tracks as well. Um, so they should have those cameras flashing for those Ignite races, especially once they get to the playoffs. Um, they adjusted some track cut fixes. So basically the penalties you get for cutting the track. And it looks like Charlotte Roval Long, Daytona 07 Rally Long, and Sonoma Rally were updated. And the 2011 version of Silverstone had the final two pit stalls removed. And according to the notes here, it's because they were challenging to enter. So that kind of wraps up cars and tracks. I think they would ha wouldn't have to really do that much scanning if they took a few of the smaller road courses, put some ramps on them. That would be a good way to add some more tracks for those pro trucks. Yeah, absolutely, because I'm already getting a little tired of just the two that they have. But I have a lot of fun on those trucks. I've been running them every night late, uh, recently, at least once or twice a night. What did you guys think if they ever did, like, for something like that, like, you could create your like you could take a track and you could place if they had a tool where you could place jumps to make your own track what would you think of that track builder yeah kind of like, like Grand Theft Auto. yeah that's what i was thinking is where you can build you, you know you can't go unrealistic but you can do a couple jumps added on like straightaways and things like that just to make some stuff i don't know what would you guys think of that kind of tool that would be fun for hosted definitely i don't know about that i i would like to have them take all the rally cross tracks and convert them somehow like just put in a bigger jump instead of the rally cross jump or whatever you know make it somehow a dirt truck kind of like what they do with monster jam type thing they have 
the big trucks go off big jumps, and then they have they have little trucks that kind of have like a smaller course, like Robbie Gordon and what he does, you know. Yeah. But I don't know if this is, truck is really that. I mean, this is a dirt truck, you know, and what Robbie's doing is kind of a pavement truck, uh, I guess. Well, we tried the trucks on the pavement. They weren't looking like they hooked up very well. No, they wouldn't turn. We ran them at the Roval and it, as a joke, and uh, it, it wouldn't turn. It was fun, though. But uh, they also, I read something about they opened up the gearing on those trucks so you can uh, run much faster now with a higher gear, like on a Charlotte Roval, than we were running. Uh, we were limited by the dirt gear that they had selected, and we, we didn't have any other set. So now that they've opened that up, you, it, we should try that again. It's going to be a different uh, run for sure. Jesse, tell us about uh, Regan Returns. Yeah, Junior Motorsports posted a nice video on Instagram using iRacing, and they are saying that the band is getting back together, as Junior's been hinting at. And uh, this week on the podcast, he went on quite a bit about uh, Regan's uh, partnership within the uh, organization and everything he's done for them before going doing the broadcasting stuff and all of that. Uh, real good-looking fire alarm car. He hasn't confirmed that, but I would assume that that's the paint he's going to use. I hope so. I miss those paints. Those were those are some of my favorites. So it uh, he's going to be on Road America and Mid Ohio, and he's a road ringer, so it he should ha- be up front. So the reason we're talking about it is they used iRacing. Uh, to announce it, uh, they that they put up a video on social media, and that video was just footage of Regan's car uh, going around the track, kind of thing, showing off the paint job. And it's kind of interesting uh, these real teams using our racing uh, for these kind of purposes. What do you think of that? I think it's a good good way to bring i racing back into the mix, as uh, Junior is always trying to incorporate the two together. And uh, yeah, like you say, it's a good video. You put Mid Ohio yeah. and the Road America in the video so it's it's a it's a well done video nice i was gonna out. i was gonna say it's probably cheaper too to make the announcement you don't gotta wrap a car if they didn't if they're not gonna show the car that like in a public public area it's easier to just show it on a screen right you don't have well, to fully wrap a car for just showing it off well that's what i was just thinking logistically you probably got marketing saying hey we got to announce this we got to have a video of the paint of the paint uh, and they're like, well, we haven't painted the car yet. And so how are we going to do that? You know, and so, oh, we'll just go on iRacing and make it, you know, cool. And uh, I'm sorry, I'll let you go there, Jesse. Uh, yeah, that Junior did say that it was kind of a last minute deal. So it kind of ties into why they probably went this route. Like you say, quick to throw a wrap on it. How does he call it a last minute deal when he was teasing it weeks in advance, saying they're getting the old band back together? That's what he kept teasing on his podcast. I heard it was only a week in advance, I think. Well, even a few weeks is very last minute in a racing That's world. That's true. I guess in the real racing world. But it just seems like it's funny that they call it last minute. But you're right. Probably it it probably took longer than that to uh, to figure out if they were going to do it. I think it's he's got so many people in that eight car throughout the year. I think as far as availability to get him squeezed in there. Sounds like the uh, sponsorship side was no big deal. He brought his own partners. It's all just another example of how we're there now as far as uh, sim racing being a part of real racing and basically being married. I wonder how many people couldn't tell that that was iRacing. Like, there's probably a good chunk of junior fans that saw that posted and just thought it was a, just a standard video just because the quality's become so good. 
And I also thought it was really cool they left that watermark down in the corner. Um, so I don't know. I just thought it was a good detail. It's it, You're right. It's easier because, you know, someone just quickly opens Twitter and it goes right to their phone. It's like they have no idea what they're doing, like it, what it was, right? Like it, it's just a quick look at it. And, yeah, you're right. Well, it's probably people just thought it was just, you know, someone him driving around the track that the car he's going to drive. Okay. Uh, Greg, tell us about uh, the beta UI update. So Christopher Payne had talked about uh, in a post here on the forums. Um, he used the uh, beta UI. Uh, he, he's not. He doesn't use it much, but when he has used it, he looked at. He uses it for looking up popular races and um, things like that. Um, but for some reason, I, I haven't used the beta. I didn't know if this function. He's saying it's gone now that you can't. Oh look yeah. Up that's what I told. Yeah, things. that's what I said when it was released. Um, so I guess it was posted uh, by one of the staff members. I think it was Tyler in here. Um, that uh, next season, uh, the goal is to have a popular race and practices in the beauty UI with the same functionality as the member site. So hopefully that's uh, to come. So look for that next season, guys. Well, yeah, when they released the the beta UI, the new version of it in this last uh, release, I, I stated it was unusable because that was missing. But apparently they took it out on purpose uh, because they don't have the bandwidth or whatever to run it, is what it kind of sounded like. But they're working on adding it back in, apparently. So, All right, I'll take the next one. Uh, finally, uh, I can't believe this finally happened. And, you know, it might have something to do with Will Gibson because he was complaining about this when he won a race. But guess what? They changed the eight-minute qualifying to five minutes in the dirt road. Yay! Get out. Get out. No, there's no way that they did that. Yep. They did it starting this Monday night. I even tried it Monday night, and it's five minutes now. Has anybody got on the track to see if the new tire model's in yet then? Trying to slip that in by us? They didn't slip it in. They announced it. <laughs> finally so maybe they're listening the funny thing was me and mike were in a uh truck race like you were saying we've been running them late at night and uh, i had qualified and i was the only car that hadn't posted a lap both of my laps i driver air had zero x contact and so neither one of the laps registered and a guy popped on and was like thanks for making us wait eight minutes and I explained the same thing to him and me and Mike were talking on TeamSpeak and Mike's in the middle of waiting for the countdown. Mike's like, actually, they just announced and on Monday night, they're changing it. So it was kind of funny timing. Yep. Yeah, we were running Sunday night, I think. It was the last time we had to wait the eight minutes. I knew the change was coming, uh, but we got it. So uh, thank you, iRacing. You just saved three minutes of my life each day from wasted time. So thank you. Thank you. I want those three Wait. minutes back. So if you actually, if everybody actually turns the qualifying lap, it'll advance faster. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I've never seen that happen because it never happens in, in cup cars or, or GT cars. Maybe well, it's a dirt road thing. It doesn't, I don't know. it doesn't do it in the cup car because I don't think everybody qualifies in the cup, but it also, I don't know if you noticed, David, if everybody gets in the server real quickly, when the race starts it advance quicker. The too. grid. Yeah, the yeah. two-minute grid will go faster. In yeah, I've noticed. Grids. I've noticed that, but I've never known that qualifying would would advance early. I yeah. honestly don't know if it would, and like I don't think I've ever seen every. Uh, has anyone ever seen everyone in the field the actually set a qualifying lap? Not in the I, years of racing. I've seen nope. it. 
I've seen it a couple times, uh, but usually it's just in like a race where I know or like the field knows that everybody's there and they get their times in real quick. It honestly catches me off guard when it happens. Every now and then I'll do those quick late model races and you do your lap, you get out, you just wait, and then it instantly snaps the grid up. It's like, oh, finally, this is so much nicer. Yeah, I don't know if that's a dirt thing or what, but that would throw streaming and stuff off if you weren't like, waiting for it, trying to per anticipate it, right, David? I know yours, you stay in your stream the whole way, but mine switches from screens to stream. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to set a timer for like a splash screen or something. We're working on that. Okay, let's keep moving. Will, hashtag fake news. Yeah, we got um, PC Mag posted a article called Best Racing Games of 2019. Um, it didn't seem to put them in any particular order, but it did mention iRacing, and it had some fake news in there. Uh, it mentioned um, iRacing won't let you race unless you have a will. So uh, we're here to set the record straight. You can race without a will. You could use a gamepad, joystick, and there's plenty of people out there faster than me that don't use a will. I know that. That's they, true. I was going to say they need to, uh, you know, that should be updated just because of the the amount of things nowadays that are um, handicap related too as well that are being added to make things easier for um, physically impaired people to drive. So, you know, you can't, that, that, that seems like an odd thing to just put in for no reason, for an, a quick article on it. It just seems like it's like a, a shot at it. They yeah, can get I, themselves in a little bit of trouble. That's that's very provable, liable. So iRacer Nick Niepen, who's one of the guys, that's where I found this, uh, we follow him on the forums. He's the one who, he went into the comments. If you scroll down the comments, uh, he let them have it and told them how it really works. But uh, good job, Nick, and sticking up for us. And it, it, The way they word it, the game just won't let you race unless you have a wheel. Like, it's just... You know, it's like it's it just doesn't seem like a, the right thing to put in a, such a short blurb about this big. That was sim. his negative about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, David, we got the throw and go challenge and time attack. So this is an interesting way to find out how they're picking what they're running at time attack. Uh, every week they throw a dart at a dartboard and it has all the cars on it. They then go with no practice and immediately jump into the sim and get one shot at one lap. And this time it was at Nordisk Cliff. Oh, I'm not even trying to say the second word. Um, there are no resets allowed, and each X is a 10-second penalty. Uh, they update the Time Attack series on Monday, and if you come in, you can kick the crap out of them. Head over to the beta UI to access it, and you can sort the columns by resets, attempts, and instances to see who is in fact playing by the rules. And this week, the car is the Chevy Corvette C7, which makes me think of something I want to rant about, but I'll save it till final thoughts. So that was the last week, and then I think this week they switched, they did, they threw the dart again, and it was the F3 car. Cool. And so now they're doing the F3, so it's always the Nordschleife. And then they'll throw the dart to pick the car. And then the goal is to beat Kevin or Greg, who are staff members. They post their time in the forums, and you try to beat it. So that's the idea. Now, my question is, is they're not doing it with cars that are free. So not everybody technically could participate in this, right? That's true. It's something you'd have to be purchased. You'd have to own the car, yes. 
And and the track is that one's not a free track either. It's just for fun. It's just a friendly competition. There's no prize or anything like that. It's just uh, something random they're doing. So, all right, let's keep moving. Uh, Tony Groves, Sim at Sonoma. Yeah, there, Bob Pockrass, uh threw up a tweet about uh, Pale Menard using iRacing to help prepare for the, uh, the the carousel at Sonoma. Well, for Sonoma overall, really. Is that your accent, Pale? Pale Menard. That might be uh, Mr. Pockrass's like, accent. <laughs> I like how you say Pockrass because it's Pockrass. Well, good for him. Um, <laughs> Sim seats at uh, Sonoma. Some more, uh, you know, iRacing showing their stuff down at the track. And uh, um, what the hell is his name? Uh, Zelensky. <laughs> uh, JGR sent uh, Bobby Zelensky to uh, go check out a race. I guess that's uh, the first race he was able to watch in 10 years. Pretty cool, Bobby. Uh, he got to go to the race. Uh, Joe Gibbs uh, as a guest. That's pretty cool. Considering how well he runs there, he should have been allowed to drive a test car. Yeah, I was about Put to say, he car. earned that. He earned that <laughs> that trip. I'll put him up head-to-head to Kyle Busch, man. I'd love to see that. Sim seats at Sonoma. Yeah, Sim seats. Look at how they shift that thing. They put the rig in a big old crate, and uh, it's all boxed up, and then they pull it out of the box, and good to go. I love how it's like, purposely got the well i guess it's strapped properly but the way it's got through the seat and everything it's that's an interesting way to haul it but it's purposely built that way it's a nice looking cockpit i tell you what it's got the computer uh looks like above the pedals laying flat oh i think that's the computer and it's got a sim experience wheel i really like those curved monitors man they look really nice on a on a decent rig yeah and if you look carefully, this is a motion rig. Looks like it's got D-Box on each corner. Pretty nice looking rig. They uh, shipped out the Sims uh, out to Sonoma, and they had it out there for fans to try. All right, Jesse, uh, iRacing Modified. Yeah, the iRacing associate producer, Kevin Lanerly. Uh, Lan I'm not going to try to say that last name. I apologize. Inarelli. Thank you. And he uh, has posted the modified all painted up with the iRacing paint and man they just keep getting better and better with these paints i uh i already had checked trading paints hoping that somebody has mocked it but i gotta wait on that one and then also uh they also posted the uh picture that this is at new hampshire i apologize for that too and that also the late model car which i posted a while back in our messenger the black nine car is also at new hampshire at the same time so there's a lot of iRacing sponsored rides out on that track yeah kevin is the actual driver of the modified and he's sponsored by his employer iRacing. and man i just love the paint job i mean it's got the iRacing guy with his hands up in the air right you know below the the window there next to the the number and it's got the red white and blue colors of course and uh, it just looks really sharp if i'm not mistaken that's the modified in the release video I think that's an identical paint job to that release video where they had the mod, the truck, and the cup car on the track at the same time. Right. I think you're right. That's that's a really nice wrap on that car. Yeah, and it really came out. Yeah, you know, we're talking about a real paint job, guys, on a real car. So, just to be clear. 
Sometimes it can get a little blurry here. The next topic is a little blurry. All right, let's talk about that. We got a picture on the show notes of none other than David Hall and Britt McCoy. Uh, you guys went and met up at a racetrack. Uh, David, tell us what happened. Yes, Greg, the only reason the picture's a little blurry is because the shine of my forehead is, is hurting my eyes. <laughs> That's okay. I suffer from the same problem you do. Uh, no, we had a blast. Uh, St. Louis is three and a half hours north of me. It's five hours south of Brent from Wisconsin. And we both shot up on Saturday. He actually drove a little bit of the way Friday night, I believe. Uh, we met up and spent all day at the racetrack. They have a really cool infield go-kart track there. Um, I was a little disappointed. I guess it's because the truck race was there at the same day as ARCA this year. Last year, I got to watch the race literally sitting on pit wall. This year, somebody came in and ran us out and said hard cards only. Uh, so I was a little disappointed with that. But we did get to run around the Arca pits and the the uh, truck garage. Didn't get to see Natalie. Uh, we did get to watch her get wrecked out again. It seems like some guys are having some issues with running into her this year. Um, we Good thing we it ran, wasn't Brett running into her. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> we ran we ran the uh, go karts twice. I ran it three times. He ran it twice. I I won by just barely a tenth, and he came in third in the first result. And then in the second result, I was a little bit more familiar with the track and kind of figured this little complex out in which corner I needed to sacrifice to get a better exit and beat the whole field by like a second. Uh, when I came back later that night, it was literally right before the truck race was starting between the two races and only two other people ended up there. And I could feel that that, the car, that car that I had had less horsepower. And even though the sun was down and the track was cooler, it was two tenths slower. We had a blast, and then the, watching the races was very entertaining. Um, there was, you know, plenty of action in it. Was a little disappointed that that uh, the radio company, Sim Race uh, Racing Electronics, was not out there. We was, I was really shocked to find out that they're not going to all tracks now. Um, they apparently announced it in social media, but uh, that's almost that's just something I'd always assume. They're having budget cuts. And so, I, were I you wanting to yeah. rent a scanner or what? Yeah, we couldn't rent scanners. So, I listened to the radio broadcast about 15 seconds behind as I was watching the jerk race. But so. you got to see Ross Chastain kick ass, right? Oh, yeah. That was, we thought he was done for when he stayed out. We, we were just like, there's no, he thought he was done for. If you were, if, if you, they right off the bat, they talked about what he was saying to his crew and he just, he managed to hold them off. It's, it's, it's a little tough to, to pass there at that track all right well you're watching a future nascar star for sure so does this uh start start off for next year's uh we're meeting at your house mike for the uh, final race of the season in uh, phoenix yes we're all gonna party at your place you can come and stay in one of the nice resorts we have in arizona yeah and i'll meet you there in the bar <laughs> we're bringing we're bringing our sleeping bags and air mattresses and he does not want the riffraff in his house <laughs> and sim rigs there's some great <laughs> resorts uh, over there uh, by the track. Uh, but I live on the other side of town. I'm about an hour away. Perfect. <laughs> Greg, tell us about IMSA. They uh, decide to use iRacing for their marketing purposes as well. So uh, on their Facebook, the IMSA Facebook page and their Twitter account, they uh, they basically did a hot lap around the track showing... Uh, Watkins Glen to get prepared for uh, this. Is it this weekend's the six hours at the Glen? I couldn't remember. Yeah. So it was already passed or is it the one coming up? No, I think it's uh, coming up. 
I think it's this week. I, I didn't see the date for it, but anyways, uh, yeah. Once again, the sim world is meet, meeting the uh, the real world, and sometimes if some anybody that opened this up, like Will was saying, like you might not know where the real, what's real and what's not, with the Especially way that they're on the uh, producing it. It's really nice. Yeah, there's a picture in picture to show the the car from the outside view, but there's also you know the cockpit view. Twelve thousand six hundred forty views on the Facebook, uh, not even counting the Twitter. So. I got the next one. Uh, NASCAR NBC Sports, uh, they put out a special uh, uh, article uh, basically about Rajah Karuth, who is a 17-year-old iRacer getting his uh, show on in the Legends car. Uh, He he gets wrecked in his debut. Uh, The article talks about how he's part of the NASCAR Drive for Diversity Youth Driver Development Program, and he is the only one of the four who came from iRacing. Uh, he talked about how the family chose to go iRacing instead of real racing at first due to cost. And then Max and Kenny Brady are young teenage iRacers who started on Xbox. Max runs in Legends car and is one. Uh, Kenny also runs Legends. Uh, the simulators help drivers but can't prepare you for everything, they said. Uh, K&N Pro Series East driver Chase Cabri, and he's also a World of Outlaw iRacing driver, uh, helps the young drive for diversity drivers. Uh, it also follows Carew through a few of those races and discusses his progression as he learns the car. So pretty cool opportunity and a very long uh, form article on NBCSports.com. Uh, what do you guys think about them uh, highlighting these kids uh, from iRacing? Just like we were saying last week, it just bridges the gap. Also, the nice thing for NASCAR is they've came out multiple times repeating that they uh, are fearful of the uh, younger generation. This is how you get them involved. This is the generation they want, right? This is the generation you want growing up wanting to be a fan of NASCAR because it's, you know, it's coming and they need, they need the viewers to start coming from somewhere else. And maybe this is the best way to do it. Yeah. On average, demographically in your, in your teens and twenties is when you really establish the things that you're going to be a fan of for the most part. And um, if you don't get them, then you, 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 on average, don't get them. All right, let's keep moving. Quick reminder, uh, Greg, about the summer referral contest. So once again, uh, just pulling up here, Kevin uh, Bobbitt, uh, my racing staff member, posted up uh, the contest for the uh, iRacing referral program. So... Um, if you get someone to, that you refer subscribes for three, 12 or 24 months, you automatically get 10 iRacing credits. But, uh, with them doing the contest here, um, the more you get, uh, the, I guess the first place, uh, prizes they get, uh, are they doing a random draw here? Or no, are these they... are random draws. Yeah. So, so it's random draws. So the contest prizes include, uh, one day skip barber school with the GT racing school. Uh, valued at almost two grand. Uh, Thrustmaster TS XW Racer Sparco P310 uh, wheel, valued at seven hundred dollars. Uh, then there's a hundred, fifty, and twenty-five iRacing credits. So the contest goes from the twelfth of June to the eighth of or the August twenty-sixth. Uh, sorry. So you did, they have to sign up from the link that you get from your account page, and that's how you get the credit. 
and get involved in the contest. So this will be the last time we mention it. I just want to mention it twice on the podcast. Don't forget, guys, if you have somebody you're signing up to do that. Jesse, uh, Ty Majeski wins in the iRacing Colors. Yes, a very close finish in battle with Johnny Sauter for the win at Dell Speedway, which is another of the iRacing sponsored drivers and iRacer himself, Majeski is, obviously. Yeah. That's pretty cool that he, uh, Johnny Sauter, was able to do something else with the time off. All right. Good for him. And nice to see another win. He deserves a ride. I keep saying it. Uh, David, we got a special series now, Mustang at Lime Rock with prizes. Yeah, it's a series that's going to be running for the next eight weeks, running every other week. And it's interesting. They have sessions throughout the day, but they're only running it on certain days. They've teamed up with Lime Rock Park and Skip Barber Racing School to give members a chance to win uh, race tickets, season passes, and more in the Skip uh, Barber series at Lime Rock. Um, I believe I saw somewhere in there. There's also a package for uh, a day at, at one of the Skip Barber, Barber tracks as well. I've run a couple of races here, not terribly successfully because I'm I'm used to a GT car and downshifting it going into a corner, and I've blown the engine up twice. So um, it's got it's running the baseline setup though. I wish they would have built a little bit better setup, but apparently there's not that much you can change on that car. Uh, but it is it is a neat, neat little other series that uh, Lime Rock and Skip Barber are throwing up, and I think it's the first time I've seen a championship or where it's all at one track. So you kind of get that local track feel running this series. Wednesdays, oh, Saturdays, and Sundays. So that Mustang is like driving a real car. It's clutch and everything, David. <laughs> it's basically a, I think it's five, is it six speed? And it's it's not a paddle, so you can't downshift it like you're, you fly into the corner. Yeah, I know. Um, and it, like, well, in a GT, it will not, it is designed, obviously, for the paddle shifting, and it won't downshift when it'll when it'll blow the engine up the, uh i would you can blip the throttle and make my my shifter is broken you can blip the throttle and make it go down into second gear and rev it up too high in the mustang <laughs> so isn't this a dead car with no participation i mean weren't we just talking about a way to re revive a dead car i mean this is a good way to do it i know i bought it it participates yeah. all the time. It's the front pace car. It leads the most laps. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Especially <laughs> the most in NIS. races in the NIS. So Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, noon, 4 p.m., 8 p.m., and midnight Eastern. Uh, kicks off this week and runs through August 19th. All random prizes are raffle-based. So, man, I'm almost tempted just to go start this once a week and just so I can be involved with the raffle. They really like to do the random. It's nice to see how many different things that they provide where you can just, you don't have to be fast. You don't have to be consistent or things like that. You just got to participate. Right. You don't have to, yeah. And why not? And you can win all this cool stuff. Cool. Let's keep moving. Uh, Greg, Formula Fun. Okay. So this is a topic that's gone all over the place here. So I'm going to try and make a little of a sense of it. Somebody well, can help me. don't, don't read the, the thread. Just read what's on the script. Actually, No, but the thing is, I was just trying to get that. The driver's name, uh, was it Ryan? Um, just trying to break Ryan, uh, Ter Terpstra, um, was talking about trying to get, um, 
some more participation uh, or why people weren't participating in some of the series. And um, I'm just trying to find. Well, and see, I the re- news that we found here, Greg, really isn't related to the thread. And so that's why I was saying that. But the news so that Greg, came out. No, I was just trying to find Greg West was the one that posted that there's uh, uh, he can't tell you um, or there's an official series come or unofficial series coming that uh, they haven't uh, released yet. That's going to be emphasizes the fun factor that's um, within um, have a lot more starts within a lot shorter time period. So it looks like there's a a place just to go and have some more fun that they're developing. They have a new series coming out. It's going to be based around a super short race that happens very quickly. And that's going to be announced uh, this week. So today's Thursday. So I expect we're going to hear about this tomorrow. It's officially the way you like to run those truck races. I bet uh, you'll enjoy that kind of a series. Yeah. I like those hitting quick hits. It's here officially boys. It is on the uh, patch. I just saw it, noticed it caught my eye in the scheduler. Oh, there you go. And it is. Yeah, they they have a nine nine. Uh, I just was looking at they have a nine race schedule. So the rest of the the remainder of the twelve week schedule left over. So is this breaking news? Breaking it. Okay, and then there's uh, an F three series as well, and that's fast sessions, all unique layouts with one minute or under lap times. So unique layout kind of caught my eye. Does that mean they're going to take existing tracks and kind of redo them somehow? Or So think, some of Go ahead. I say it looks like they're just using, like, say, Auto Club Inner Road Course or Oddball stuff that we have access to already. We just don't use in a lot of these series. Uh-huh. And the big thing was is there was some controversy when they announced that it was going to be the Formula 3 car, that there's so many open wheel series. Um, why are we going to hurt participation in others? And really, iRacing kind of just came out and stated that, hey, this isn't for the hardcore dedicated sim racer. This is for the guy who just wants to hop in, run a, run a quick race, and hop off and doesn't care. So it's really iRacing making a series that caters to kind of a different audience than just the hardcore, let's race at this time, racing for iRacing and points kind of thing. This is Carb Cup for Road. Yeah, the first two are going to be road tracks. It's all 10-minute races. And then they go to Charlotte for an oval, throw a wild card in there. And then it goes back to a three, no, excuse me, the rest of it's going to go uh, Pure Road Course, Road Atlanta, Brands Hatch, Gateway, Barber, Motorsports. You sure it's not Charlotte Roval? Uh, it doesn't say it. It does not. It, all the rest of them off the end of it, like Texas has infield road course long off the end of it and does not say anything. Hmm. So it must be oval. Yeah, so it's interesting. I, I like this because I don't run road much because I don't want to mess up my road I rating. But I love that there's an unofficial option now. I can run some quick road races and get my feet wet without, you know, worrying about stuff. Fun. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, we noticed iRacing is spending money on marketing. Uh, they have some ads uh, showing up on YouTube. Uh, some people in the forums have noticed uh, when they're watching random YouTube videos, you'll get an advertisement for uh, iRacing. Well, they have to spend money uh, to do that. Uh, we also noticed during the NASCAR broadcast on NBC Sports uh, this weekend at Sonoma, iRacing was one of these uh, rotating sponsors on the banner that they showed during the race across the top. Uh, what do you think about uh, iRacing spending this kind of money marketing 
are they uh, first sending it to the right audience and is this a good use of the money I mean I can't imagine how much it costs uh, to spend with NBC Sports between the the ads that they're doing and everything they're doing with all these giveaways I think 2019 they've definitely been branching out reaching out as much as they can and like you say same thing going back with uh, dead series trying to revive them they're they're hitting all the tar- topics they need to I would guess it's at least fifty grand to a hundred grand to advertise on a NASCAR broadcast like that. I don't think it'd be that much. I think You'll at think? that point, yeah. spending that much money, you could put it on a car, get a little better value. No, national TV—that's huge value if it's up there all the time, no matter how the car's running. Think about it. It's obviously the top of the top, but you know how much a commercial for the Super Bowl for just thirty seconds costs. Yeah, that's a bunch. Yeah, but this is a different thing. But yeah, that's why I'm trying to guess. You know, is it fifty thousand to a, a hundred thousand? That's actually a, probably a reasonable guess for what they did. Yeah, because it's seven figures for a Super Bowl ad. Yeah, that's probably a reasonable guess of what they spent for that one NASCAR race for it being a banner ad. You know, rotating banner. So I just looked up on the thing here. The deal for NASCAR through Fox Sports is worth $3.8 billion just as a TV deal. So, yeah, so sure. all that money comes from the commercials and the advertisers. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're, they're not doing it without paying, that's for sure. So I thought it was interesting. I had no idea that, uh, Na- that iRacing was doing that kind of spend, but uh, good for them. I mean, you reinvest, and that's how we build this, you know? It. By the way, it is Charlotte Roval. Jesse, I just che- if you hover over, it says Roval. Good. No, it was the only oval, so it didn't make sense to me either. All right, so we're going to skip a few in the interest of time. I'm going to pick up one that's time-sensitive here. I will do. Uh, June 24th, there was a big Internet slowdown in the Northeast United States. It did affect iRacing, who's based in the Boston area. Anybody trying to race Monday during the day and specifically in the morning uh, had a hard time. And so it was all over the forums. What happened was uh, Verizon, who uh, owns the uh, largest internet transit provider, uh, they are the level above the ISPs. So all the ISPs feed into this, the internet above. Well, that's Verizon business, and uh, in the U.S. anyway. And so what happened was, is one of the customers of Verizon uh, decided to uh, broadcast out that they were doing basic route filtering and so that basically told the internet route all this traffic through us as well instead of the normal seven nodes that they normally have for the internet and it created an eighth one so a lot of the traffic started routing into the northeast united states that caused a flood of the internet and packets and a global slowdown of the internet basically 15 percent of the internet got knocked out Monday morning because of this. They did fix it within a few hours. All right. Uh, Next up, hardware, software. We need to jump to that. Will, summer sale. Yeah, so it looks like we have a summer sale going on for the, uh, I think it's called Pimax VR? Pimax. Yeah, it's the higher end one we've been talking about. Um, Trying to find the exact cost on it here. I apologize for being a little delayed. It looks like uh, I'm sorry, I let you go, Mike. Yeah, that's a fifteen percent off is what the deal is. So, yeah, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good savings there because that's a an expensive unit. So, it looks like a pretty solid sale. So, if you're looking at VR and want to get something that's a little bit better quality, now's the time to jump on it. 
So that adds up to a discount at 580 bucks US, basically, for the 5K Plus. And that's the one that's really gotten a lot of good reviews um, with the really good FOV and whatnot. With the money you save, you could apply it to a better graphics card. So, But you need to run that. You really have to have a, a good card to run that correctly. It's 15% off and $50 off with the coupon code and free shipping. Yeah, so if you're waiting to get those, uh, that now is the time. All right, uh, Tony Groves, a QR wall mount for Fanatec rims. Yeah, this was actually posted up by somebody looking to purchase uh, wall mounts. And these are uh, 3D printed wall mounts. He said he could, he found them on, uh, what's that, Etsy, Etsy site for like 30 bucks. Um, uh, I don't know. That seems awfully awfully steep to me um david tucker uh he, he you know pointed out to him like hey just you know zip down to your library somewhere and print them up yourself um maybe maybe if you're using a a different type of filament like abs or something i don't know how a pla would would stand up to, to holding the wheel i i would have to think that you know if you uh put too much pressure on it it just it's it's not all that sturdy, um, and it it would break. And thirty bucks for for a you know a slight oops, and it just kind of crack off your wall. I think that would suck. But the uh, I did look at the the design of it, and it does look quite well. But if, uh, if they're printing PLA, I I don't have a whole lot of faith in the sturdiness of it. Now, David, I don't know about you, but looking at this. When you put your quick release on that, like I, I agree with Tony here. Like, you're trying to put the quick release on and actually attach it to it. You know, that starts putting stress on a point on there instead of it, kind of just sitting on it. You're locking it in, on it, and then imagine bumping it or something. I don't know that I'd want to be putting any extra hardware near near the quick release because that's basically where the wires connect. Well, yeah, and they got all the pins there. You don't want to get any of the pins touched at yeah, all. Let's let's ask uh, Mason about that. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you you can design those things to to go around it, and it wouldn't wouldn't really affect it at all. I mean, you can get pretty darn specific on 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 how you build those things. Um, but yeah, you know, you go to put it on, you you're adding stress to it. You go to take it off, you're adding stress, or maybe you don't quite hit the quick release all that well, and you uh, you know you stress it more it's why just... do you need to mount it though i mean greg you just lay, leave hang them on a nail on the wall right well they're technically like brackets you bought or the like little hooks you'd buy for the garage but they were like work perfectly and they're inconspicuous right you don't see them they're just they have a black coating on them so you don't really see them but that's all i did it just put them into the wall you know yeah. 10, What'd you 10 spend? bucks at the harbor store maybe there you go, ten bucks at the hardware store. Those things will last you a lifetime. And it's nice because I keep, you know, I have my red rims in the back of my stream all the time, and they're there, and I can interchange them whenever I need to. And you saved yourself six or seven hours at the library. Do I look like the? T reading all these articles, do I look like the kind of guy that went to a library that's gonna <laughs> spend any extra time in the library? All right, keep moving. Uh, David, VR Drink Solutions, somebody's asking for. So there's an interesting thread that comes up with, you look through the pictures of somebody's 
real solutions and some of the invented solutions because uh, you can't see when you're uh, when you're driving, you know, uh, and you really can't drink directly out of a cup or either. Uh, I just save the the extra long straws that you can get from your convenience store and put them in a glass. That that's what works for me. Um, you check out this thread that we have in the show notes. You'll see a lot of other good solutions. Yeah, I, I like the uh, you know the little water pack thing that has the hose and you suck on the little hose. I used to use one of those like Camelback uh, bike pack things, right, to race with. I was going to say the endurance ones. The only problem with that, the cup that I currently have is um, basically I can empty it in one drink. I want to get one of those hard hats with the two drinks on the side. I think that would really add some stuff to my stream, don't you think? It would fit. <laughs> All right, Greg. Uh, wow, we got a new Fanatec product uh, right after I already ordered the old product. So tell me what I did wrong here. Nothing. You okay. didn't do anything wrong because it's basically here what you got here. So the the new Podium Hub is... Is a quick release for the new, you know, for any of the um, rims. It's so you can mount your own any rim you want to it, um, but you don't have the luxury of the universal hub, which has buttons on it. You just have the um, the hub and the quick release to, you know, no paddles, no buttons. No, yeah, there's nothing with it. Whereas the universal hub, you get all the paddles. Like I have the okay. Xbox Universal Hub, which has. 15 buttons on it 16 like more maybe more than that I, I can't count off the top of my head here right while i'm doing this but um it's got enough buttons for you to run most operations that you're doing on iRacing the reason that some people might just buy the podium hub is that they've already purchased like they already have a rim with a button box or something that they want a certain way like you can buy uh, Mike, you like the MPI rims or something like that. You can attach them to this. They got all the bolt patterns for all that. It's a nice upgrade. I just don't think it's... If you can get the Universal Hub for the same price, why is this one the same? Like, I don't understand their pricing on it um, for it. So it's kind of a little iffy, but uh, Fanatic always has... Fanatec always has its things here. But it's it's a decent product. It's just, it's just your quick way of connecting to the base. With a with a rim of your choice, yeah, and and uh, Thomas Jagermeyer, who is the uh, principal over at uh, Fanatec, he did put in the forums a kind of a breakdown of the difference between the two. And on the podium, he said it's a smaller design, less visible on some wheel rims. Two button clusters can be mounted that are optional. It's more future proof as the quick release is exchangeable, and so on. I mean, I know it's, we've had some, like, with everybody on our team, some of the guys going to, um, you know, you're switching to Fnatic, and uh, Jesse switched to Fnatic, Mason did it a while ago, David did it a while ago, so Brent. there's, Brent's been doing it, I know Bobby runs Fanatec, uh, I run Fanatec, there's, we've had the, I think the, uh, the last couple of weeks, there was a lot of questions about these quick releases, and, you know, I'm hoping that everybody on the team now understands their the ecosystem for the uh, Fanatec series now because the base rims don't get you the option of a quick release to be added to them depending on the rim that you buy like the P1 and P1 uh, Xbox One they don't offer um, that type of thing so 
you got to know what you're you're buying when you first start making those purchases for for fan attack all right let's keep moving will does 240 hertz matter for gaming yeah linus tech tips uh they posted up a video talking about does 240 matter for gaming and just long story short it does um yes they went over yeah they did a very good video they did some testing and they showed it i know i recently went from 60 hertz monitors to 140 hertz in iRacing and it uh made a big difference um as far as everything just seemed to be a little bit slower a little bit smoother so if you are looking at monitors, the higher uh, frequency uh, does make a big difference. Yes, uh, I watched this video and uh, they did an experiment with uh, like a, a shooting Call of Duty kind of game uh, that was kind of repeatable to see how accurate they were uh, when a guy came into view and shooting and how quick they could shoot it uh, based on if they were on 60 hertz or a 240 hertz monitor. And so they... They took turns doing it. They did it a bunch of times. They crunched the data. And sure enough, on average, you, they did better with the 240 hertz. Uh, they had a faster response time. They were more accurate. Uh, and they have the data to back it up. And so it was a very neat experiment, uh, I thought. Um, and I, I think it would translate to iRacing, too. What do you guys think? Anytime something can give the information to your eyes to translate to your brain faster, you're going to have an advantage, right? So that's, you want the information, you want to see the information as fast as you can. So the faster you see it, the more you can make a decision with what's going on on the screen. Yeah, I'm on 60 hertz, 1080 monitor, so I would love to upgrade these. Maybe someday I will. All right, let's keep moving. I got a listener question. Uh, Christopher Brown 4 contacted us uh, with a question. He said, I'm a longtime listener to the podcast and I have a question about your, your iRacing computer build. He asked me, what graphics card did you use for your new computer and a little bit as to why? So I did tell him last November when I did it, the 2070 and the 2080 were just coming about uh, they were just about to come out, and uh, and they were a bit more than I wanted to spend for something that was untested at that point. So I chose the tried and true 1080 Ti. I spent $700 on it on Newegg. Uh, for years, this has been the best card to get, and still is if you don't want that newer ray tracing. Uh, now, since my build, the 1080 Ti price has doubled. As availability is limited, I actually looked it up. It was about fourteen hundred bucks. Uh, if I was building today, uh, the answer would be I would buy the twenty eighty or the twenty eighty Ti. Uh, there are advantages now that those cards have over the ten eighty series uh, that they have recently added into the build. And so that's what I told them. What do you guys think? It, it, am I giving them the right uh, instructions or? I think so. Uh, I did very something very similar, Mike. Uh, I rebuilt my PC right before the Pro Series last year, at the end of 2018, and I uh, I went for the tw- or the 1080 Ti because uh, I was hearing some not good things about the the 20 series cards as far as iRacing, uh, just because you know other than like the the VRAM on the cards wasn't as good as the one that I got. I got the 1080 Ti from uh, EBGA with 11 gigs of VRAM. Right. And I think this card is actually far better than any of the 20 cards I could afford at the time. What'd you pay? 
Uh, I paid about eight hundred. It was right on the rise. Right. I bought it at the perfect moment, right before it. You know, right when the twenty eighty was coming out was a sweet spot because that's when it started going up in price. Sounds like you were just a little late and had to pay an extra hundred, but yeah, but like you know, a week later it was up to a thousand. So I think right. I got it just right. Oh yeah, and like I, like now fourteen hundred if you want that card. So yeah, the 2080 Ti is the one to get probably now. Uh, that's pretty still a lot of money, but uh, but if I was doing it today, that's the one I would be picking. Well, there's another series of cards from Nvidia. I think it's the 16 series. They it came out not that long ago after the 20 series came out. I think it has the architecture of the 20 series, but it has no ray tra ray tracing. I'm not sure on that. Yeah, I think we've talked about those before. I don't remember what they're called. Uh, and then there's the competitors started bringing their stuff out, so it's going to be interesting over the next year here to see how they go against each other and how they stack up with uh, the way the market goes for video cards again. All right. All right, we're moving to results now. Uh, let's talk at NASCAR iRacing Series Sonoma. La finish up last week. Thursday fixed, I ran. I got P20. I actually finished the race, but it was three laps down. Uh, Friday open, uh, Greg, uh, you got the best result, P3. Yeah, went into that race. Uh, Brent and I started on the front row. I had the pole, Brent was on the outside, and uh, yeah, something we did to the setup just didn't agree with my driving in that race, and uh, I hung on for, I think, using pit strategy for P3, so um, it was a good race, but uh, just could have had more out of it. I was kind of disappointed. All right, and then Brent, he was P9. Uh, he had an early spin from third, but had a nice recovery. Uh, it was interesting, his strategy. He spun out after just a few laps, and so he ended up in pit road because of that, and he topped off, and it, it threw off his strategy where he was able to stay out when other people had to pit, and it, he ended up with a good result. So if you just pit a little bit after uh, a few laps, I mean, that's enough to make the difference. The whole thing with Sonoma is get by yourself. If you're by yourself running your lap times that you can run, you can gain the most time. If you're with anybody, you either lose time or you got to make sure you get past them as fast as you can because anytime you're stuck behind somebody, you lose nothing but time. That applies to almost any road race. If you can, yeah. they, uh, once you're in your window, and it's uh, tires is a bigger deal on the cup car. You get in the Ferrari, and your tires can last you two hours. Um, so you just anytime you're in the window and you want to get out of the traffic, you can go into the pits. And the thing with the cup car, and and, and any of these road series too, with saying that David is the no cautions throw everything out of the window, right? Like you can't. Your strategy is whatever you start the race with. You've really got to stick to what you want to do for your strategy because you don't have that caution to you know catch you back up or fix something that went on. I'd be fine really, if there was. I really wish there was a way. We were talking about this in chat the other day. A way to to incorporate in some of the longer races uh, severe situation cautions, like maybe an algorithm an algorithm that detects when there's a meatball crash. Or something along those lines, instead of just a spin. Track is blocked or something, right? Well, even when the track is blocked, if it's just a single car, he can usually get out of the way. But or maybe maybe if there's a big pile up, you throw one out. Like if it detects twelve multiple cars, 12, or... twelve or eight X's in the same corner all at once. 
There's probably there's obviously it's not as easy as we think it might be, because it's obviously it's something they haven't been implemented. Have you ever seen any threads on adding it? Like I have, I have haven't really seen much talk about it, but uh, everybody I may, just I may start one and see how it goes this week. Everybody just kind of gives it as a it's it's a given, right? You go into a All road right. race. So you don't David will start the dumpster fire. <laughs> All right, uh, Tony Rochette got a P8. He uh, still uh, while spinning and hitting the wall twice. Uh, David, you got wrecked out. Uh, you went a gear too low. Yeah, first lap, I, I probably I was already sick of Sonoma. I said I wasn't going to race it. Got talked into racing it. Uh, I go into first gear in the in the carousel and kind of spin out and lose on my track position after having a decent qual lap. And then on the back stretch, coming coming into the S's, a car gets loose in front of me and hits me. And the damage wasn't too bad, but I was like, mm, no, I'm not having it. And I just left the race and went and signed up for a Road America in the IndyCar and had a little bit more fun. Yeah, I had a horrible race, too. P27 for me. I got involved in a wreck. Lap one, three minutes damage. I was running 19th when it blew up with six to go. So I stayed in the car even though I had damage and was just trying to soldier on. And it still blew up and I couldn't finish. So I, I did get more points than I had before. So I guess it was worth it. Uh, I had a horrible, I lost four or 500 I rating on Sonoma. Blake, do you uh, run any of the NAISs or do you just hit the A opens? Uh, I mostly just did the A opens. I ran an A fix too. Um, with the way I work now, the NIS just doesn't work with me. Um, but I would have loved to run Sonoma. I love Sonoma so much. Um, you know, obviously I'll be top split and I was kind of, think about not racing anyway because you know bobby how good he is at sonoma i figured he'd run every race to try to get his 10k i rating i don't think right. he actually ended up getting it but uh i love racing that and i know a couple of the peak guys like jimmy mullis like every race he would start at the back and he would make it a challenge to see how far he could get up i figured i would do that but i didn't think i would fare that well <laughs> i did that yeah so sunday open greg you started in the back but got p11 <laughs> yeah, so I turned I race I I got up with five minutes to spare before the race. I turned on the computer, went into the room, race loaded up, and as soon as I was about to load into the actual server, my computer crashed and blue screened and everything. And I was like, so I had to reset. So by the time I got everything up and running and back into the room, it was gridding time and I just couldn't get the setup in and everything and grid before the uh time ran out. So I had to start from pit road. Uh, I was in the top split, car 35 out of 35, and came from pit road and finished P11 with uh, a good run with pit strategy. So You were slaying it this week, uh, and then Sunday Fix, you got P, uh, P6. I don't know what it is about the stock cars, but I love them on road courses. I'm really, <laughs> really good there, no matter what it was. And uh, that one was just pit strategy for that P6 and... Like I said, I think I gained, what did I say, 406 I rating or something this week just from racing Sonoma. All right, and now let's talk Chicagoland. Uh, Tony Rochette ran Wednesday fixed, P29, halfway through, got caught in a wreck, killing his day. Wednesday open, uh, David, you got wrecked out. Yeah, the first accident, uh, the guy on my outside bounced off the wall. It hit me, and I, I asked, was that me or him? And he was like, yeah, it was him, and he apologized. I was like, cool, accidents happen. Then later, a few laps later, this guy that was already had already been wrecked was racing me kind of hard, holding me down from the outside. Um, 
my spotter says clear. I go to slide, start sliding up towards the wall, and I'm I'm turned. So the end game spotter was just a little bit too laggy, um, and boom, car was destroyed at that point. I finished like 36. And then Will, you didn't have a good run. P25. Yeah, it was a rough night. <laughs> okay, uh, Jesse, uh, P11, a good run. You said you found speed with changes each stop. Yeah, I've been working a lot this week with uh, Brent and Mason and David as well, uh, trying to trying to find. I didn't adapt to this as good as I have been in previous weeks, and uh, yeah, I started. I want to say I started like twenty second, twenty third, somewhere in there, and I didn't. I had a I had a l l low teens car speed wise uh, midway through, and I just kept making adjustments every pit stop, and uh, towards the end it was a late, early early top ten car, and uh, I just. At the very end, we got a green-white checkered, and as you know, it stacks up, nowhere to go. I had to just settle for it, but it's good, positive feedback to go for the rest of the week. Okay. Thursday open, uh, I got a P23. Uh, pushed to the wall, touched a little bit. Um, it slowed me enough that they took me three wide, and then the guy in the middle came up into me. Uh, took me to the wall. It was a blown engine, uh, so I was not happy with that. Tony Rochette got a P9. He got to the lead, actually, uh, had uh, led some green flag laps. Uh, he did get pinched later on the outside of turn one when someone made it three wide on a restart and scraped the wall. Uh, bottom split was destroyed by road pro Philip Stam. Uh, he won. Uh, three cars were left on the lead lap with the third half a second from going down. So, wow. And then, David, you got a P4. Yeah, uh, we continued to work on the set, and I felt really good with this set from the beginning to the end it was stable at all stages had some minor early minor damage from an early wreck i got my outside just got loose came down and hit me uh survived all the big wrecks um and i almost blew it on my green flag pit stop but managed to still keep it going forward i think i lost about 10 seconds and it probably cost me one spot uh but yeah i was pretty happy with the p4 and, and uh brent dead last he uh he was in our split. He got wrecked. Uh, I don't know what happened with him. Uh, he got taken out. Um, and he told me the name. Uh, because I was racing near that guy later and was gave oh, him that, a hard time. Yeah. And so that brings us to our inter intramural standings, which are powered by eye pitting. Eye pitting makes it easy for you to keep track of your eye ra racing team's progress throughout the season with up to minute results, point standings, and driver rankings for everyone on your team. Go to iPitting.com. And here's where we are. Guys, we haven't heard this in a while. New leader. New Tony leader. Roche, new leader, Tony Rochette, has taken the lead nice. with 433 points. Skills trails by seven now. Mason and I are tied with 13 behind for we're sharing fourth, essentially. And Bill is hanging out in 17. So all five of us are right within striking distance. Does anybody realize that Tony took the lead there in the tone, most Tony Rochette way? So quiet, so nobody noticed, and he just, you know, came up yeah. and finished his races and just ends up taking the lead and doesn't, you know, you don't even know he's coming until he's got up there. Well, there's an additional, he had a good finish at Sonoma, came in eighth, uh, I think was his best finish at Sonoma. That's what and, mm -hmm, and also, uh, Chris has been moving. And therefore missed the 
missed a couple of weeks, so his drop weeks have started to kick in. Yep. Then in the NIS fixed series, we still have our top four running. I'll go ahead and read them off, but the, they're starting to spread out a little. McCoy has a nice big uh, 419 points with Ellis being 32 behind in second. I'm Bill coming. is 60 behind, and Rochette is 86 behind. That's a couple of races. He's probably out of the running on that one. McCoy's, uh, you dropped 200, though, for bottom split uh, points, right? <laughs> Speaking of bottom split, me and Blake were talking about that in the pre-show. Uh, that he's involved with the bottom split guys, and he mm -hmm. he remembers he remembers seeing Brent in a few of those races. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. I think it was Kansas, and he was, I think he qualified in the pole, but he wrecked out uh, fairly hard. And surprise, fairly... surprise, surprise! <laughs> he's got over six hundred laps led this year, and about that many wrecks out. Wow. Brent, I was talking earlier to somebody on the team, but Brent deserves to be in a higher split. He this isn't there, but he needs to get there. All right, let's go on. Official, his luck will change. His luck will change eventually. Official, uh, uh, Will, uh, you got a P two and P four and limited late model, uh, but the more importantly, a P eight in the Road to Pro dirt sprint car. Yeah, so I made my start uh, the first chance I got. It was actually during the late model race. I was hoping to try to snag some extra points with uh, some of those pro drivers missing. And uh, it was a very humbling experience. The best of the best showed up. Last I saw, we had, like I think, like 60-plus cars sign up. And uh, P8, but I was in the bottom split. Uh, it was car number three. Um, I have no real clue what I'm doing setup-wise as a whole. I know how to make slight tweaks. So um, as I learned throughout the week and just testing i was way off um so when the track slicked off i just was in a bad spot um qualified poor messed up my lap uh gained a lot of it back in the heats was up to p3 in the main um really could battle for second the leader had us all clear and uh last restart the track just kept falling apart and it just did not work well for me um towards the front of the field the racing was really rough it was uh i don't want to say it was dirty racing Maybe a little bit. There's a lot of give and take, and I just had a, a lot to give and not a lot of car to take with. So I kind of got pinballed towards the back at the end, but it was a really fun experience, very humbling. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Okay, and then real quick, Jesse, tell us about your league races. Yeah, the Old Bastard Racing League uh, Cup race Sunday was at uh, Sonoma, and as we've been talking about, I've been struggling with the road course, but I ended up uh, running with Ed and Mike up front all race long finished uh third zero x's so in my books that's a win and then in the uh arca series me and uh scales both ran it but uh he got wrecked out i believe don't quote me on that and i finished uh p19 also with uh zero x so me and uh ed also were battling in that race and had a little bit of a mix up on pit road uh couldn't get down and then when we could get down it just kind of shook us to the back and lost all the track position, but it was a fun race. Another zero X. I'll be happy with that one. And then lastly, in the Northwest racing series, uh, Monday night, which was right after the Arca race, ironically, um, I finished P eight and, uh, just had a miscue on my money stop at the very end. I was running fourth at the time and I was going to try my uh, two tire strategy to try to jump out in front, like my win in Iowa and didn't work, slid my box and lost some track position, still took the two tires, but it just, I was like 11th on the restart, and I got up to 8th, but just no time. Green-white checkered finish. 
Eighth's not too bad, but you had a good start to that series, so you're probably doing okay in points, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I moved up to six this week in the points, and I'm already locked in for the playoffs. Bingo. All right, that's it. Let's get into final thoughts. David Hall. All right, I got a couple of rants that have kind of come up this week. So I'm getting on my soapbox. In the IMSA series, the C7 prototype, we, we did our NBC coverage today. We did our run-throughs, and they actually kind of rearranged which cars were running so that they would look visually more like what the IMSA series looks like today. The C7 is so out of date that NBC didn't run it. We ran the, we ran the Porsche instead to look like the DPI. Um, I've been in a race that had 200 people registered and had two C7 prototypes run the IMSA race in an, in an out of the, the top split had two C7s. Everybody else ran GTE and GT3. Uh, they really need to update that car. Uh, and number two, uh, we did get to see Natalie get wrecked out again this weekend. And I remember seeing a tweet from Haley Deegan uh, complaining about a, an owner actually telling her, his driver, don't you let that girl pass. Um, I don't know. It's 2018, 2019, actually. Um, why is that still an issue? Go get it, Natalie. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, Greg Heckfish, final thought. Uh, just enjoyed Sonoma so much last week. Uh, you were farming. I definitely was farming. I got my I rating up and my safety ratings completely back up to the top again. So um, it was a great week. I really enjoyed it. Um, so anybody wants to watch me stream and I stream every race that I'm in. Uh, it's at frozen cact or twitch.tv slash frozen cactus frozen with two O's cactus with two K's. Um, and I'm trying to get my goal set a goal for the end of the month to get to a hundred followers. I probably might just miss that, but we'll see and, uh, go from there. So if you want to subscribe to uh, my, uh, Twitch, do it. Go ahead and do so. I'll be racing tomorrow night uh, yeah. in the Chicago race. Yeah. Go help Greg subscribe and check out the best overlays in Twitch. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Jesse Gray, final thought. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to Justin Nelson and Michael Schuer. In the uh, NIS race last night, both of them uh, recognized the paint scheme and had nothing but uh, positive thoughts to say. So appreciate the uh, kind words and good race. I ran, didn't get to run with Justin. He was out front all day, but me and Michael ran probably 60 laps together. Real, real good guy to run with. Yeah, always fun to run with listeners. All right, Tony Groves, final thought. Well, another week and uh, no racing for me, but I did happen to pretty well finished my new button box project Ooh, yeah. so um you know the uh the wooden beast is uh gonna be laid to rest and you have uh, carbon fiber from what i was looking at well yeah it sure looks like carbon fiber um just a fancy wrap um oh yeah well, what's the, real? The, well i guess i i did a fairly decent job then uh the uh the, the whole thing's uh 3d printed and then uh Got some of that carbon fiber wrap to, to make it look pretty. Michael was uh, commenting on you and your, your duct tape, so there's got to be duct tape on it, right? Well, we'll see how well the uh, the clamp portion of this holds up. I've uh, put a couple of turns on to tighten it up, and I can hear the cracking, so if it cracks too much, the duct tape's coming out. All right. Yeah, I saw your picture of that. Uh, pretty cool-looking button box. I love the flip up uh switch for the starter and all that all right uh
Blake Reynolds, uh, special guest. Thanks for coming on. What are your final thoughts? Well, I just want to thank y'all for you know letting me come here. I like I said before the show, I love podcasts. I listen to your podcast. Uh, this is a really cool platform that you guys got going here. Fairly organized from other podcasts I listen to, but uh, uh, yeah, peak race Tuesday, solid finish. Looking forward to Kentucky. Uh, that should be fun. Uh, I guess I'll plug my team here since you got quite a nice audience. Everyone at Team Dylan, we got Beneath Apparel. Digital Ally, StockX, Elevate, GoShare, uh, and of course, you know, everyone back at Dead Zone. And then uh, I guess I'll plug the Majors, too. Uh, the Majors series, I'm an admin there. Uh, come on out and race. You can sign up at PacificMajors.com, um, and it's free to sign up, but you could have a, a paid season pass if you'd like. And, uh, yeah, hopefully y'all will come out. I know Brent actually did a couple of races with us, but uh, it'd be fun if y'all came out. There's all sorts of races. Yes, uh, majors have been around for a while. So, All right, well, thank you for coming, Blake. Uh, will Gibson, final thought? Yeah, I just had a, let's just say a rough week. I kind of embarrassed myself a little bit last night, but uh, one thing really learned is I need to start racing a lot more. Um Got to grind that I rating up and try to get into some of these better splits for these pro series. Um, I really don't think I'm going to make it. I'm going to see how I stack up. It's uh, been good, though. I'm enjoying racing a little more. Just got to find a good way to balance getting results with getting clean races. Right now, I'm in a spot where racing's very competitive. You're very tight on each other. And one guy makes a little mistake in front of you, and you're kind of right on top of him, and there's not much you can do. So just got to try to learn how to manage that a little bit better going forward and uh keep getting some more starts and have an escape path yeah always plan for that yeah it's fun that you're uh, running that series uh we see it'd be fun to see where you shake out all right uh my final thought uh boy i'm glad to be back at an oval even though i didn't have a good run today but uh i'm sick of sonoma i lost so much i rating there and uh, I'm on to an oval. We'll see how we run. I'm hoping for a good run tonight. And, uh, boy, I've been having fun in the dirt trucks. I've had two wins now in that Pro 4 dirt truck. And uh, somebody, Jesse, I think you talked me into running the Pro 2 one night. And I couldn't even get around the track in that thing. I was embarrassed. I, I don't know what's wrong with that. Is it me? Is it the truck? I think we wrecked before we even got out of the pits. Right. It's hard, but the Pro 4 is fun. And if you guys haven't tried the Pro 4, I highly recommend it. It is a blast. And with that, that's it. We'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.